us your first thoughts on Scripture. Hello, everyone, and welcome to First Thoughts for whatever week this is. February, I think today's the 20th of February. Today is the 20th. 2024. Yes. Boom. So far, 100%. Keep going. Okay. First Thoughts. Here's what First Thoughts is. Uh, myself, Damon Jensen Heitman, one of the pastors of First Presbyterian Church, Hastings, Nebraska, and... Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings. We're going to have a little mini Bible study. We're going to offer our first thoughts, uh, get it, everybody, uh-huh. on the scripture that we're going to use for this upcoming Sunday, which is uh, February 25th? Yes. 2024. So there you go. Uh, you're batting a thousand. Man, Keep I'm going, good. man. No, I'm, I'm going to retire. That's oh, it. I've had yeah. enough. Leave, leave at the top of your game? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's been fun. It's been, it's been it's a good been, run. Yeah, it's been. Mm-hmm. It's been good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so the scripture that we're going to use this coming Sunday comes from Mark 10. Now, uh, we're following, generally speaking, the narrative lectionary. Why generally speaking? Well, because sometimes we don't. Well, occasionally. Or sometimes you cut out parts of it. Well, I mean... I, yeah, okay. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Guilty as charged. Well, we didn't do the Monday or the first thoughts last week, right? And so I spent some time with the text. Yeah. And no, I don't blame you for cutting out what you cut out. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's keep that between us. That'll be a little mystery. People have to go back and see if they can figure it out. Yeah, they're gonna have to go and Google narrative <laughs> lectionary, and mm-hmm. they're gonna have to look for the date, and then they're gonna have to look up the scripture, and they're gonna have to remember what I read. Yeah, and they're gonna have to see what else is there. Yeah, they'll have to find a bulletin or go back and rewatch the service. What I found was interesting is that the narrative lectionary doesn't always offer a secondary scripture, like a complementary scripture. Correct. And last week it did. There, the psalm was actually recommended by the narrative lectionary. And I thought the psalm paired very interestingly mm-hmm. with the narrative lectionary passage, which is why I picked the psalm and a section of the narrative lectionary passage <laughs> instead of reading the entirety of the narrative lectionary mm-hmm. passage. I mean, it's not as though the part that got left behind was really more of the same. It was doubling down on the part that I read. So it's not as though the sentiment or the idea wasn't, you know, presented. Agreed. You know, but that was last week. This is this week. This is this week for now. This is what the scripture is for this coming Sunday. This is, uh, yeah. Should we open with a word of prayer maybe? Yeah, you should do that. Okay. Let's, let's pray. So excited about this scripture. I know. Well, there's like, yeah. Okay. Barely contain myself. It's true. Let's, uh, let's pray. Gracious and loving God, thank you for the opportunity to study your word and to think about what it means for us. In the ponderings of the disciples that we will read, may we find uh, perhaps some of our own questions, perhaps some answers, and perhaps some further thoughts that allow us to continue to grow in our faith and develop as disciples of Jesus Christ. Bless our time together. May it be time that is enlightening and edifying and fruitful. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So recommended for the day is continuing in the 10th chapter of the Gospel of Mark. 
<clears throat> excuse me, verses 32 through 52. Um, so I don't know. Maybe we'll read for a little bit and then stop. I don't know. We'll see what. We'll see I mean, what, there really there are like. almost sort of three, almost four sections in this one. It's a, it's a yeah. Long, you could yeah. We have this fun word that we call a pericope, mm-hmm. uh, which is just a fancy way of saying a reading in the Bible. Uh, and also, Microsoft Word doesn't recognize the word pericope. It, it always tries to autocorrect it to periscope. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a long pericope, uh, and the narrative lectionary does that to us. It presents us with these longer passages, which yeah, at least in the Gospel of Mark, I, it'll be interesting in future years to see if it a similar thing happens in Matthew and Luke, just because those gospels are structured differently. Yeah, that's true. Than Mark. Yeah, but but even in the fall when we were doing the Old Testament stories, it offered longer blocks of Old Testament text than mm-hmm. than we're used to reading with the revised common lectionary. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, Okay, so we're going to start at verse 32. Uh, It starts with the word they. They were on the road. Now they here is Jesus um, and the disciples and maybe some other folks. They were on the road going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was walking ahead of them. They were amazed, and those who followed were afraid. He took the twelve aside again and began to tell them what was to happen to him, saying, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death. Then they will hand him over to the Gentiles. They will mock him and spit upon him and flog him and kill him, and after three days he will rise again. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Excuse me. Came forward to ask, came forward to ask him and said to him, "Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you." And he said to them, "What is it you want me to do for you?" And they said to him, "Grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory." But Jesus said to them, "You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink?" <laughs> Or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They replied, We are able. Then Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink, you will drink. And the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. When the ten heard this, they began to be angry with James and John. So Jesus called, called them and said to them, You know that among the Gentiles, those whom they recognize as their rulers lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. They came to Jericho. As he and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he cried out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus 
stood still and said, Call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, My teacher, let me see again. Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the way. And that's where it ends. Greg, what do you got? Like I said, there's there's two, if not three, really distinct um, stories within this larger text. Um, Jesus retelling his, um, foretelling his death, and he's doing it again. Yeah, this uh, is at least the second time? A third. Okay. Um, and the last time he did it, Peter rebuked him, and Peter got quite a rebuke in return for that. Mm-hmm. So this time, we don't read about any of the disciples rebuking him. Um, they still haven't. At least not so directly and obviously. Right. They, they still don't quite seem to understand what's going on. Right. So that's, that's interesting. Um, and this insistence of Jesus foretelling his death repeatedly uh, to his disciples is, is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then James and John. <laughs> Yeah, the, there's a very um, the way that James and John approach this this conversation that they would like to have, at the very least, lacks tact. Um, and it is it's just always really jarring, um, yes. especially to any anybody who's ever been like a teacher or a parent or a mentor, or like worked closely with children. Like all, like as soon as they hear the first question, they understand the hidden question, mm-hmm. right? Um, hey, I'd like you to do whatever I ask whatever you Whatever I do. ask of you. Like, I'm sorry. And the response is, <laughs> why don't you no. ask me first? <laughs> yeah. What is it that you're asking? I'm not going to say yes until I know what it is that you're right. asking, right? Yeah. Like anybody that you asked that question to would immediately think this person, they are about to ask me something that they know that they either know that I'm not going to want to do, or they know they shouldn't really be asking for, mm-hmm. or like, just like, even just, Hey, could you do us a favor? Would be a softer entry question. Right. <laughs> right. Or, boy, Jesus, we've seen you do some really great things for a lot of other folks. We're wondering if there isn't one small thing that you could do for us. Yeah. <laughs> Would be a soft. It's, every time that I read this, it's always so... Jarring. Mm-hmm. Well, what's interesting, too, is the same story appears in other Gospels as well, but it's presented slightly differently, mm-hmm. where Jesus hears them arguing. Yes. About who who is greatest? Who is greatest among them? Mm -hmm. And he he says, "Hey, what were you all arguing about?" Knowing full well what they were arguing about, and they're like, "Well, uh, we um, well, Mm -hmm. uh, which one of us gets to sit at your right hand?" (laughs) And uh, so it's just interesting that 
Um, and yeah. Don't they sometimes get their mom involved? A fair question. Maybe I'm mis maybe I'm misremembering that. But yeah, at any rate, they Jesus just gets done saying, I'm we're going to Jerusalem. I'm gonna be tried, convicted, beaten, mocked, spit upon and killed. Mm-hmm. Then I'll raise it then I will rise again <clears throat> in three days. And their response to that is to immediately ask which one of us gets this for a position of glory? For, yeah, for a favor for themselves. Well, the favor is we want to be mm-hmm. as close to you as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which I suppose, now that you've said it that way, we want to be as close to you as possible. That could be a compliment. And, and also a right. willingness to enter into <clears throat> this um, mm-hmm. this difficulty. Yeah, yeah. If you if you read it that way, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, grant us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left hand in your glory. And so this is obviously reference to the. End part that after three days he will rise again. That's that's the glorious part. Mm-hmm. And so when you get to that point, Jesus, let us be as close to you as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then Jesus does concede. Well, he says, "You don't know what you're asking. Are you willing to do this? Are you willing to drink the cup that I drink, or be baptized?" Which, of course, is, um, you know, we will get into what that looks like. Be yeah. baptized. Yeah, the assumption is often this is the cup of suffering. Right. Right. Because right. related to the, if you want to follow me, pick up your cross. Right. Right, which he has already told them. <laughs> and then in Gethsemane, he will he will have the conversation with God, take this mm-hmm. cup away from me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But not, not your will, but mine. It's another sort of, um, it's a, be, it sounds kind of like be careful what you wish for. For mm-hmm. um, to think carefully about whether or not you want to do this, right? And are you willing to do this? And they said we're able. And Jesus says, "Okay, well, the cup that I drink, you will drink, and the baptism baptism with which I'm baptized, you will be baptized. But you don't get to pick who gets to sit in the glory seat. Yeah, that's not Jesus doesn't get. To I don't even get to pick yeah. who sits in the glory seat. Says Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a weird story. <laughs> yeah. So so then. The, the reward that you think that you might be earning, you may not be earning. But you're going to have to so go through the suffering. <laughs> yeah. Right? Right. Um, yeah. It is for those for whom it has been prepared. Right. Whatever that means. I, I don't have a whole lot of great ideas <laughs> right now about what that, what, what that might mean. Yep. Mm-hmm. But a lot of this is connected um, to this this idea that we see coming up a lot. This idea of reversal, mm. right? Or the upside down kingdom, like we talked about last week. Right. I mean, the yeah. one of the parts that verse thirty one is many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. Right. That's that's verse thirty one. One verse before where we pick up you could tag that one on there if you wanted to because then that ties in really really well to 45 for the son of man son of man came 
not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to add 31 on there, since I didn't <laughs> include it last week. Oh, no, I just think that um, there's, we see this sort of repetition of ideas, I yes. suppose, right? Yeah. We see Jesus reminding them, this is now the third time I'm going to be killed. Um, and we get this repetition of ideas of many, I, you know, pick up your cross and follow me. Those who want to keep their life must lose it. Uh, those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will gain it or however mm-hmm. that is phrased, which is very similar to many who are first will be last and last many are last will be, will be first. first. And then again, whoever wishes to be first among you must be a slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to serve, not to be served, but to serve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, I think it's, it's, I think the the phrase "among you" in that portion of the scripture is is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, that the greatness is within the community, right? Within the community of faith, those who wish to be great. Um, must serve others, right? right? Um, and drawing this real sharp distinction between the way that I think Jesus expects the community of faith to be formed in contrast to the, I mean, he talks about the Gentiles, mm-hmm. um, the, the sort of the worldly powers um, don't structure greatness that way. Right. But greatness within this community is going to look different. Um, yeah. And, and it doesn't, whatever greatness you may have attained not among you, some, somewhere else, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Among, like when you come inside, this is a different thing. Similar to his discourse on wisdom and foolishness, right? Sure. That the world's wisdom will look like foolishness and, and our, what we are doing will appear foolish mm-hmm. to the wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's not a recipe for, oh, here's how you get greatness. Here's the secret way that you get greatness in the world, is by not searching after it. Right. Right. No, it's, it's just here's what greatness looks like among you. Within this community of faith, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so everybody, maybe I guess can is welcome. I guess to chase after that sort of greatness, all that they want, I suppose. Yeah, and it raises some interesting questions when sort of the faith comes into contact with the culture and Mm -hmm. um, what does that mean for us as disciples? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because there are some that are striving for what would be perceived as worldly power or political power. And they're saying that they're doing it in the name of faith. And this feels like Jesus would not necessarily agree with that. No, pro- yeah, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. This this idea of um, 
I don't know, this was all the rage. Servant leadership was all the rage when I was in my studying years. <laughs> um, yep. Undergrad and, and even seminary, <clears throat> this, this idea of servant leadership um, was, a, was a really popular idea um, that those in leadership positions in the church, and it, and it comes from this. They, that, it does, um, yeah. Like the, the greatness in... Yeah, it comes from serving others. It doesn't come from lifting yourself up um, in some way, shape, or form. So, like, you know, if the toilets need to be scrubbed, you should probably just scrub the toilets. Right. You know, or, or whatever the case may be. Um, and this is remarkably <clears throat> countercultural. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And has become even more countercultural. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe it was that way. I don't know. I, yeah, I this, this, um, and like, I think an emphasis on humility mm-hmm. um, in the midst of, of those sorts of things. But, yeah. So I have this conversation. I'm not entirely sure what Jesus' mood is when, um, when he's having these multiple conversations with the disciples. Yeah. Well, I guess we're told in 41. No, those are the other disciples that are angry. Yeah, I'm not sure if he's angry, if he's frustrated, if if it's that sort of just gentle reminder. Right. Hey, everybody. (laughs) Just a quick reminder. We function differently. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Um, And then they get to Jericho. And they've already missed the point well we don't know that it's them but you've got Bartimaeus son of Timaeus who's a blind beggar sitting by the roadside crying out and we read that many sternly ordered him to be quiet (laughs) Um, did you all just hear what I said to you about you know coming to serve and not be served Did did you miss that and we don't know that it's his disciples ordering, although other versions of this story in other times, it is the disciples themselves who cry, try to hush people or try to keep people from bringing children to Jesus, or, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. we can infer or sort of, so they've already missed the point. Yeah, they're, they're oddly protective at interesting times, Yeah, it seems. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus stops. Jesus stood still and said, call him here. Mm-hmm. And this, this reminds me of our conversation um, about a month ago about ministry of presence. Mm-hmm. In the midst of this large crowd leaving Jericho and people hushing, people yelling for Jesus, Jesus stops. Mm-hmm. Stand still. Stops whatever they're doing. The crowd is moving. Stops. Stands still. Says, call him here. So they call the blind man up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, um, it's also reminding me of um, the, uh, I assume Jesus has calmed, does he calm the storm in Mark? Yes. At some point. Um, it's sort of reminding me of that, that sort of, 
um, calming the chaos. There's also there's weird uh, weird. I'm just gonna go with weird. I guess um, connections between uh, this this story and other healing stories, where it has a lot of the similar same elements, but mm. slight, but kind of differently. Which right. um, <clears throat> uh, many sternly ordered him to be quiet. Um, well, Jesus oftentimes in the other stories is telling people to be quiet. But that's but after, like the, after healing, the miracle. Healing, yeah. Right? Um, <laughs> which is sort of a, an interesting thing. We get the, um, we get the, your faith has made you well. Which, again, is that one of those narratives that repeats itself in a lot of the healing stories. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and we get the, immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the way. Uh, and oftentimes, I've been noticing as we remark this idea of home and like where is home and who's going home and why are they being asked to go home. And oftentimes after the other healing narratives, Jesus would say, okay, get up and go home. Go home and tell your people. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Or go well, home and don't say anything. Right. <laughs> and both of those, right? So with the demoniac, yeah. it's get up and go tell your people. Sure. But then with other healings, it's get up, go yeah. home and say nothing to anyone. Yeah. And the demoniac wants to go with. He says, can I right. come with you? Like, no. No. Nope. Um, and here, but here Jesus doesn't say doesn't really offer any of those sorts of right. directions. Um, but there's certainly not the instruction to, okay, now go home. Or I guess he's in Jericho, stay home. Yeah. I guess maybe. But This is a weird one too because um, you have many sternly ordering him to be quiet. And then once Jesus calls him, then they call out to him, take heart, get up, he's calling you. Yeah. And so it's this immediate shift in how they're treating this guy. Now, mm-hmm. now that Jesus has declared he's worthy of Jesus' time and attention, now the people are doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, the, the NIV, which is the New International Version, uh, it's, I think it was cheer up. Oh, okay. Uh, cheer up and get up, he's calling you. Uh, and so I, I didn't go do a study of that Greek word, but take heart is the uh, NRSV, um, which like could like be uplift, be uplifted, right? Yeah. And Jesus has been lifting hands, but right. But this is after they have sternly ordered him to be quiet. So the crowd suddenly shifts from sternly ordering him to be quiet to, mm-hmm. "Hey, buddy, he wants to talk with you." Yeah. And there's, I don't know. It's. Yeah, were they? Because oftentimes in the other, when we see other healing narratives in Mark so far, there have been just huge crowds, right? Um, and in which you could see the disciples possibly sort of trying to create some sort of chaos, not chaos, create some sort of order. Yeah, sort of. Um, you know, protection around Jesus or, yeah. So, you know, are they maybe saying, are they trying to get him to be quiet so that other folks can be heard? Mm-hmm. Like, do they maybe see a priority somewhere else? And then, oh, but and then Jesus, you know, redirects their priority. Uh, that's, that's a gracious, maybe gracious. Maybe in some way. You often come up with more gracious uh, 
responses. I don't know, but, but I mean, the text doesn't tell us. Right. Um, it's yeah. You just have to try to read between the lines. Mm-hmm. Now, and you, I saw underlining one of the same things that I circled. Well, it's the same question, right? He, yeah. he asked his disciples in verse 36, what is he want me to do for you? And then he asks Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? Mm-hmm. And so the, there's got to be some reason you have these parallel questions. Yeah. First to James and John and then to Bartimaeus. I'm not sure what that reason is, but those, that, that parallel structure, the fact that those questions exist so close together in the same text tells me that it's something we need to be paying attention mm-hmm. to. Yeah, and they also both address Jesus using the same honorific. Uh, James and John uh, say, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. Right. And then Bartimaeus, after, it's after Jesus asks, but Says, he refers to Jesus as my teacher. Um, right. Uh, my teacher let me see again. Yeah. <laughs> I, These are sort of, they seem to be mirrors of each other Mm -hmm. in some way, shape, or form. Um, The the second one is obviously a healing narrative. The first one, I suppose we could also look at as a healing narrative. Well, he's saying that James and John will have access to the same cup and the same baptism. So you're going to be part of this movement. You're, you've been granted access to this movement. I can't tell you who's going to get the glory seat, but I can tell you that you, uh, your desire to be part of this movement is granted. Mm-hmm. Right? Sure. Yeah. They both, yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and that the <clears throat> Bartimaeus regains his sight and followed him on the way. Right. And that's, Whatever the that way is. is actually usually an important um, mm-hmm. distinction as well. The, yeah. The Greek talks about the way of, of, Jesus becomes part of the movement, right? It, and, correct. And the earliest church, we wouldn't have called it church, but they referred to themselves as followers of the way. Right. Um, and so, you know, whether he hops up and, and literally continues on the road as they go to Jerusalem, we, we don't know. But um, you could become part of the way mm-hmm. right where you were. Right. Right. Um, and perhaps James and John also need to be healed in a in a certain sort of a way. Um, uh, perhaps they also need <laughs> to have their sight restored. Well, right? Yeah, you know, to see to see things the way that Jesus is asking them to see, to see that the greatest needs to serve others. Right. Um, and on and on, but. Uh, it's it's an uh, interesting little collection. What do you think? Will it preach? I think it'll preach. Um, yeah, I think it'll preach. I've been writing the the Lenten, the daily prayers yeah. for Lent. <clears throat> it's interesting to read parsh, portions of this sort of over... <laughs> over and over again um, and and to see that you start to see some of the repetitions that we have been talking about <clears throat> yeah um, and you really start to see like the the shadow of the cross is becoming more and more prominent right 
as we move closer and closer to Jerusalem, right? Yep. Like from Transfiguration, it's kind of like a now it's just kind of a straight march to Jerusalem, right? Um, and you and you really start to see that shadow become more and more noticeable, I think. But then they throw in another healing that follows the same pattern of the previous, you know, healings, which is interesting. And like, to be honest with you, by the time we were to early February and we had been reading, you know, a block, a chunk of text from the gospel of Mark, it was like healing, healing, mm-hmm. healing, healing. Um, and, and now we're back to another healing, which again follows that same pattern. But yeah, there's, there's something else that is overshadowing that as well or not over yeah yeah that is there there's something else present here yeah yep do we when do we pray i think we uh let's close our time in prayer yeah okay that sounds good (laughs) let's do that uh loving and gracious god we thank you for Meeting us as we travel through life, we thank you for the calling that you place upon our hearts to repent of uh, false ways, of the ways of the world, and to join in your movement once again. Help us, O God, as we continue to move throughout the week, as we continue to study this word, to let it sink into our hearts as we sink further into you. In your gracious and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. That's all we have to say about that. Indeed. So what's going on in the life of church, Damon? Probably probably worship. Uh-huh. We might be doing that uh, on Sunday. Mm-hmm. A couple mm-hmm. of services. Yeah. Maybe one at 8.30 that's more contemplative in nature in the chapel with communion. Yeah. And maybe, maybe one at 10.30 that's more traditional in the sanctuary. Sounds good. I can okay. get on board with those things. Let's, let's, let's do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it'll be... Second Sunday of the season of Lent, uh, we've removed the Alleluia's from our liturgy and our hymns. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hannah has written a beautiful uh, song, which we're using as a sung prayer for illumination for yeah. the season of Lent. A little refrain. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so join us for worship during the season of Lent, uh, 8.30 in the chapel or 10.30 in the sanctuary. Also on Sunday mornings. We really should flip these in the future so that the Wednesday announcement comes first. But Since that's, if people are <laughs> listening to this in the week, yeah, mm-hmm. that's fair. But at any rate, also on Sunday mornings, Dan Deffenbaugh, our scholar in residence, has uh, resumed his forum series. He started this in the fall and is now picking it back up, having to do with the how Israel was built. So taking a look at the at ancient Israel, uh, the theological, political foundations mm-hmm. um, of, of ancient Israel and, and just sort of, yeah, sort of tracking the development of, of ancient Israel, I suppose. Yeah. So, Yeah, so that's happening uh, on Sunday mornings during the season of Lent at 9.15 in the Lydia Room. We are also recording those, and we will make them available uh, on our website. And so we encourage you to, uh, if you're interested, to join us either in person or follow up. Um, Our Wednesday night activities continue as well. Uh, We have uh, dinner for 
children, youth, and their families at 5 o'clock from 5 to 5.30. It's just dinner. Dinner. Yeah, anybody can show up. Come on down. And then from 5.30 to 7, we do uh, music and Bible study and rec time with the kiddos. Uh, we also have youth group and youth music stuff that runs till 7.15. Um, and then, of course, we have our church's adult music programs, which include our chancel choir and chancel handbell choir that rehearse on Wednesday nights, too. So it's a, it's a fun night to be around the church. You should come hang out with us. It's, uh, well, it's what all the cool kids are doing. No doubt, no doubt. Those who, uh, those who came not to be served, but to serve. <laughs> That's right. Those ones. You know yep. the ones. The real ones, we might say. Mm-hmm. Anything else? That's all I got right now. All right. Well, then, with all those things said and done, until next time, toodaloo.